Welcome to the Triple Top Line podcast. This is the first podcast where you can learn how your business can create a positive impact on people, the planet, and profit. Here we bring the most brilliant minds from the startup and sustainability worlds to share their opinions and ideas around the topic. I'm Alex, co-founder at Catalyst Adventures, and I'll be here as the host on the show. So if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling a little bit blue, then today we have the perfect guest to fill you with humor and fun and joy. So it's a great pleasure to have in the studio with me today, Belina, who is the founder of Mafic. And Mafic is a very cool organization which is has humor at its heart, if that's fair to say. And Belina does uh, an enormous amount of work, workshops, uh, engagement, coaching, whole range of activities with different organizations and individuals to co-create, I guess, co-create and, and explore and learn and generate ideas, everything uh, around uh, sustainability and, and building a better and brighter world. And the, 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 the interactions that I've had, and I've, I've seen Belina in action, so I can, I can say this firsthand, have been, uh, been really enjoyable. So, uh, so I hope, uh, hope you'll all take away something, uh, something fun today. And if not, you can have a, have a smile and a, and a giggle to yourself as well. So Belina, very warm welcome. Thank you. Podcast. Thank you so much, Alex. It's really delightful to be with you. Well, it's 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 great. I can I can see your 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 smile on the screen, and uh, and I'm already you know just just as I was sort of getting ready to to begin today, I was already sort of smiling to myself and and looking forward to this. So, yeah, uh, I mean, tell us about your inspiration for joy. Why why do you think you've been blessed with with humor and <laughs> and excitement in 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 your life? <laughs> um, goodness, very profound question right off the bat. <laughs> let's, let's, I, yeah, let's jump right in. I really love what I do. I, I really love it. Um, and I think I've, you know, like any entrepreneur, like who starts a business, it's like the deepest self-development co course you can take is just starting your own business. And I think I've worked quite hard to remove all the barriers to joy. And that's why I've even had, like I've given, you know, whole day workshops and at the end of it, I've had participants come up to me and say, you've been smiling all day. We've never seen someone like that. So, um, but I just, I really love what I do. So that helps a lot. Um, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I also, um, I, I think that I'm blessed with, with humor and having humor as a, as a sort of a natural, natural core value and something that, that, yeah, that I enjoy. And then I, I seek, I seek out and, yeah. and really, and that enhances my, my life. Um, I, I don't know how much of this is nature, how much is nurture. Yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts around, around that? Um, I, I think that humor can be such a healing um, mindset, a sort of lens to look at life, especially if you've had sort of um, knocks and difficult times that it, it helps you see the brightness in the dark. Um, and I think that's where I got interested. I had um, a, a bit of trauma in my childhood. I had sort of a bumpy upbringing and this, humor is a beautiful way to keep me in a good state, but also really beautifully connect with others um, so that we can focus on doing good stuff in the world. So I think that's, yeah. Um, 
I think I think as you say, you know, this this uh, yeah, connecting with others and and sharing this. I mean, I, I get a lot of energy from other people. So yeah. so uh, so uh, you know, having humor as that link and being able to connect, I feel like it's almost a a supercharge. It's like a turbocharge of of, of generating or, or building building happiness within. So so yeah. that's uh, yeah, beautiful beautiful. Um, way to live i guess that's uh yeah. that's that's and, and then you mentioned Knox. um you know one of the things that we we talk about a lot with with catalyst adventures is is the sense of resilience and, yes. and and i think a big part of this is this personal resilience so how do you how do you bounce back from these knocks yeah you know what whatever whatever it is um whether it's a setback whether it's you know ser- serious trauma whether it's an accident yeah. physical mental uh whatever that is but um you know, I guess we all we all use humor differently um, to 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 help us build resilience and and help us to bounce back. Yeah, and it's I think it's a good one. Uh, consciously <clears throat> tuning into humor, uh, humor helps us to notice what it what's our self talk. Is our self talk uplifting, or does it help us kind of like see something incredibly silly about the system? There was some description about humor being kind of you see something morally transgresses but at the same time is accepted as normal and I think there's so many um, examples of that in our world particularly in sustainability or even just sort of regular business transformation you know consultants go in and somebody designed it as it is dysfunctionally now (laughs) like they did that on purpose and so it's there's all this kind of juxtapositions of we could do things so much more beautifully and joyfully and stuff like that, but we we have what we are, what we have. So it's sort of like, okay, how can we connect with that and really see it, um, and then love it up, kind of like let's change it and make it and transform it. It's it's uh, that's a really 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 good way to look at it. I, I love to sort of push boundaries and test limits. Yeah. And so as you say, you know, humor is a great way of, of sort of going over that those those boundaries, but without getting into too much trouble. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I remember a story. You just just reminding me of this by talking about that. I was once asked to leave a bank because I was smiling too much. <laughs> and, and were they and worried you were going to rob it or something? Like, what was they, that? They just, the person got really nervous, and, and they, in, you know, in their mind, it was exactly as you said. They were, they was, they were told that you know you must be serious to be professional. Yes, yeah. And there was me, sort of sitting there, being playful and happy, and 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 the lady said, Look, "Please, I must ask you to stop smiling, or I have to ask you to leave the the, the, the building." Wow. And I just thought this is the most absurd, <laughs> most absurd situation, and of course, <laughs> just made me laugh even more. So I'm sure. Just, I... <laughs> couldn't get away with with that. Well, if it's if it's any my connection with that is I used to work in Citigroup and Citibank in New York City in the back office and it was incredibly stressful and I started taking improvisation and stand-up classes then just as a way to be delighted like uh, have uplifting connections with people I think like that's what started me is I, I was working for a bank this bank and I had the classic stress uh, signals of on a Sunday, I would get really down because I'd have to go in on Monday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I went down this comedy path just to bring more lightness and joy and connection into my life. But it was in a financial institution. So there's, there's something about certain banks that, <laughs> yeah. But, but, the, but those are the places that need uh, that need this most, right? Absolutely. This is exactly the, this is exactly the point. So. Yeah. And in, in, your, in your, first, your first few sentences there as well, you also mentioned the word healing. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think a big, big focus of, of both of our works uh, is is around you know healing the planet. It, yes. It's about looking for 
you know ways that we can we can we can bounce back we can be resilient as as a as, as humanity uh, and as a as a civilization um uh, and and to come to this um so maybe as a sort of a, a more more sort of general introductory question i can ask you know, perhaps as a concrete example what what behavior or or what habit have you changed recently which is leading to 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 something you know to help us sustain our planet and and, uh, and help it thrive um a counterintuitive one of i've started flying to honduras <laughs> let me let me unpack that um so um uh, there's a beautiful project called the inga foundation that's um uh, based on organic agroforestry and inviting farmers to stop slashing and burning and shift to this um, beautiful holistic model that lifts them out of poverty, that restores um, sterile soil and shifts them to organic agroforestry. So like biodiversity comes back in, springs come back in, all this beautiful stuff. And I've been able to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, bring one of my clients to Honduras because their coffee suppliers are there and work with their agronomists. So we're trying to start like this agroforest revolution happening in Honduras and, and bring it to a scale that it hasn't been at yet before. Um, and it, it's always complicated when you're in sustainability because as one of my students in sustainable stand-up said, you will be morally inconsistent. So, so my, like, my big move to help the planet and heal the planet at the moment is flying a really far away from Berlin, Germany to Honduras. But in order to do this project, which is, has an immense lift and, and has really humbling potential. Uh, and, um, but I mean, why, why, would, why do we even need to be consistent here? Um, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, there, there's, it's, it's so hard to be perfect, right? I mean, yeah. you know, this, this, this being saintly, I mean, are really any of us so so perfectly saintly that we can do everything in a perfect way all the time? And yeah, you know, I, it sounds like this this you know, uh, burning a few carbon emissions on on the way to Honduras is a pretty small price to pay yeah. if you look at the scale. So how how do you weigh these these questions morally yourself? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think I think I have a slight of it. I think you're right. Like I feel like I. The projects that appear for me, I'm supposed to do usually. Um, that I that, that there's a reason they've popped up, and I'm going to go and 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 my expertise is needed. And I've in the last two years with the pandemic, I've gotten as far as I can online, and that it it can be incredibly powerful, and I can reach more people. There's certain types of of really careful facilitation that are so much more powerful in person. Um, and I think I have a slight hangover from working with so many sustainability activists because they're really into kind of naming and shaming. And it's such a, it's a shame in and of itself because um, it's almost like when they don't get traction in the outside world, they attack their own. I don't know if that makes sense to you or if they bounce, if you bounce into that. Um, so, you know, I, I've done uh, this course, uh, this comedy course, uh, sustainable stand-up in Australia. But I like to get it going. I needed to fly there and then train people up so that I didn't need to fly there anymore. But in the initial ones, I had I had some guy on Facebook who had like thirty-five friends um, send me a message, and it was because of the banner that I was using of gold Doc Martens on a stage that were lit with normal lights, and he chose to say, "Oh, those aren't LED lights; those are normal." Lights. <laughs> 
just like his, his, his like attack on me, which was just, and I'm like, honey, I just flew from Europe, to now, but that's what you're picking. And, and so there's, it's, you know, it's an interesting space to be in because, you know, like I, I absolutely agree. I shouldn't feel like, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, bless me father for I've flown to Honduras. Um, but, but there is this sort of, um, I think George Mambio, somebody told me recently, George Mambio said there's certain love miles that we actually can't get out of our life. So, you know, like I'm originally from the U S my parent, my mom and my sister are there. So I need those love miles as, part of my life. And what I do with the other travel is I try to sort of combine things. So if I'm going to um, a certain area, I try to see, can I group stuff kind of in that area while I'm there? Um, and I and I think you're right. It's sort of, how can we sit in kind of not feeling guilty and just shining and, and knowing that where we go is needed? Um, yeah. <laughs> Good point, Alex. <laughs> Well, I, do. I mean, this is this is interesting to explore. I mean, we all we all see these uh, these things differently. I mean, it really resonates with what you said about the sort of the, the sort of the more hardcore group yeah. sort of almost turning in on itself. Uh, I met a really really exciting entrepreneur recently who's working with solid cosmetics, so plastic free, and 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 she said that her original hardcore of 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 sort of followers and and act and, and promoters. As soon as she opened the second shop, they said, oh, you're becoming a chain. We're not going to buy from you anymore. Interesting. Yeah. And then she was like, I'm trying to have a bigger impact. I'm trying to get rid of more plastic. How do yes. we, how do we do this? And, and it's, and it's, yeah, I mean, it can be, can be frustrating. And then seeing people going to COP26 in Glasgow and, uh, and then everyone sort of calling them out, but, oh, but you flew there. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. And the same, you know, love miles. I've got family in all, all around the world. And yeah. I would hate not to have that, yeah, uh, that that connection with them, that physical connection with them. So I'm 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 quite comfortable with with being uh, hypocritical when it comes to <laughs> to some of these uh, these activities. So I really love the yeah the the, the love the love miles uh, yeah uh, the love miles quote as well. So so tell us a little bit more, please, about Mafic and and you know perhaps just just to make sure that the listeners fully understand. Maybe you could just sort of talk us through a really concrete example of. A, a recent project or something you've done with a customer or with sure. a client and, and how how does that play out and what's the what's the impact of it mafic the word mafic means to boisterously celebrate um which i think is aligned with my smiliness <laughs> and um um in my it's it's sort of a mixture of uh sort of consultancy coaching a lot of workshops, but workshops in service of let's shift the culture of the organization. And um, I, I sort of do three things mainly, but I keep being asked to do wild and wonderful other things that spin off. The main things that I do um, are bringing an improvisation mindset. So that's what I did with you. That's how we met is, is how can we bring from uh, improvisation from theater, but bring that into our organizations to help with transformation because it's a, it's a really beautiful, I think it's a secret love technology. I wrote a book called using improv to save the world and me in parentheses. And for me, if, when you do it well, there's something about being really present and generous and, and accepting and building on what's emerging instead of being disconnected and up in your head. And especially when we're in situations where we're, 
uh, afraid. And that happens a lot when we're looking at scary stats for what's happening with the planet and all that. It's a beautiful technology to just let's be present. Let's um, connect in joyful ways so that we can innovate productively. Um, so uh, I'm about to do um, a workshop again with actually a big consultancy firm on um, uh, it's for senior leaders within a consultancy on how do we use applied improv mindsets to really change the game. So that's one example of, of you know, um, and a friend of mine, Kat Coppett, who also is an applied improv teacher, talks about when we do improv activities, it's like going to the gym. So this is this is not about energizers or icebreakers. This is like we are practicing. This is how these are really useful ways of how to think about things and how to engage with each other. So short term taking, um, being present. Um, uh, being playful, bringing lightness in, and following kind of what's working instead of getting mired in what doesn't. And that's another beautiful thing in our space, right? Because it's so easy to go like, oh, we're even more doomed, more doomed, you know, looking at the stats and that doesn't get us anywhere. Um, so, I mean, it's good to know kind of a general picture of what's happening, but to get so bogged down in the doom and gloom, it, it just it, it, for a personal side, it totally incapacitates me. So, so what was it? Um, oh, there was some book. Um, oh, the, the book's out of my head. There was some book recently that came out that was like, you know, like how doomed are we? And, and I read the first chapter and I couldn't move for two weeks. And I'm like, interesting. That book just knocked me out of being productive and doing good things for two weeks. I'm not going to finish reading that book. <laughs> Because, you know what I mean? Um, I'd rather do productive things until we all snuff it <laughs> instead of, and be happy doing productive things instead of being so caught in despair that I can't even um, act. I, I, I often, yeah, I often feel paralyzed. You know, it is this same sense. You see the, the figures, you see the, the news, you see the direction that we're, that we're heading and you just think, it's hopeless. Yeah. And then a lot of these messages from, from organizations that are trying to promote sustainability, it's always this negative, you know, don't print paper, don't drive the car, don't fly, don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't do this. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, paralyzing was the, was just the, the word that, that came to my mind with, with this. The, um, Mr. Rogers, did you ever hear Mr. Rogers? He ran a, he, um, wrote and led a kid's show that was really healing for the United States. And somebody asked him, like, you know, how does he not fall into despair with the stuff that he, he sees? I think the Vietnam War was going on when he was doing his stuff. And, and he said when he was a little kid, his mom said um, it, it, he was getting bogged in watching the news and feeling really overwhelmed. And he said his mom said, look for the helpers. There, there's always helpers. And I think that that's a really Wonderful. lovely sentence to, for all of us to like, look, let's look for the helpers. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned um, creativity and innovation as, yeah. as sort of an output of, yeah. of the work that you do. Yeah. Um, are you able to, to link, you know, you imagine you're doing a session, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one session or group session. Um, and, and then are you able to link that to any of the innovation and creativity that they tangibly intangibly create as a result yeah um 
I, I think the, the one that's easiest because sometimes I'm brought in for a few months or something and then I go or a one-off and then I go. Um, the one that's most easily linked is there's something called the Frontier Development Lab and it's a, a science accelerator lab. And it's, it's a, in partnership with NASA, European Space Agency, SETI, all this stuff. And I'm the collaboration coach for it. Um, so for eight weeks, I'm helping um, interdisciplinary teams of artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, scientists with experts in earth science, space science, um, and recently in, in cancer research. Uh, to do something amazing in eight weeks, push the science forward to help humanity. And um, I'm told by the founder again and again, and it's really it, it, humbling, is that the, the, because improv is so important to being able to hold all of that for the high pressure, high performance and joy, you know, and resilience, as you said. So, so um you know, every year they come up with amazing stuff in this incredibly short period of time. Um, they're mapping different parts of the moon. There's, they're finding uh, correlations between radiation and cancer, which are useful not only in space, but here on Earth. So, yeah, those I think are the most direct links between kind of awesome innovation. They're also doing a lot more climate adaptation this year. Like increasingly they're looking at floods and how do we get disaster um, response more quickly using satellite data and that sort of thing. So um, I think those are the most. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, no, but thanks for sharing those. I think those are really, really important for, for, for people to, to understand that connection between, you know, we, we have a challenge, we have a challenge of, of climate change, whatever that, that may be then you know you coming in and then using you know the power of, of humor of improvisation to help people in a in a in a contextual environment where innovation and creativity is is absolutely essential to finding a, a solution and if that solution is you know even if it's you know using satellite data to to better map uh, a rapid response that that's a very clear link in my mind uh, even even if it's quite hard to measure in a you know down to a certain metric yeah but uh, but the link is there and 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 this is this is really powerful and, and just shows the value of of bringing humor and uh, uh, an improv into into this kind of uh, into this kind of situation thanks and i just realized we we've left people hanging because i said there are three things and then i only talked about one of them <laughs> So applied improv is one, and and actually, um, so I was teaching applied improv in, initially in creativity, but then it's sort of like, why are we doing creativity that's not in service of making the world better? So like, let me walk through that door firmly. Um, so applied improvisation, but then I noticed so. There's a guy named uh, Robert Poynton who says the core capabilities of improv are letting go, noticing more, and using everything. So let go of ideas or behaviors that aren't useful for us. So really great for anybody in sustainability. Um, noticing more um, and, and including noticing more about our own resourcefulness, about um, the wisdom of the room that we're in, noticing more, and then using it to move the story forward in, in a good way. Um, so the thing with with that is if you help people notice more in a situation which is really stressful and you don't give them a lens to bring in lightness, it can get really heavy. And that's why I brought in the comedy. So it's, it's a different, 
it's a different mechanism. Um, improv is is spontaneous, and we do practice like how to improvise, uh, but the content is generated, you know, emergently uh, within the frame that you set with improv. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's different every time. Um, the stand-up is you do write and refine and craft and hone, and there's certain um, things. So I've I've taken that ability to be really precise and I've infused it with certain mindsets of improv so that we have more lightness, we suspend judgment on ourselves, we notice more, um, but then we go through the crafting and writing and rehearsing and, and, and we also, what I'm trying to instill is that connection with the audience that improv gives, that it's sort of like I say something, they laugh or they process something that's back to me. So it's a short turn taking, but in a cer certain way. So, that, so it's applied improv humor and then being inspired by nature. So how do we look at things from like an organizational biomimicry perspective um, and, and really sit with this beautiful question from um, a colleague of mine who um, I worked with for solidly for about a year and a half. Her name is Michelle Holiday, and she wrote a book on thriveability. And um, it's what would be different in your organization if you really wanted life on the planet to thrive? And she has this whole like lovely holistic model. So we created a piratey playful learning adventure that we ran in Iran and Japan and a bunch of other places. Um, and this was before like Zoom was cool. <laughs> and so it was like we were all connected um, virtually, but there were live in-person events that were sort of uh, sharing data and stuff like that. And, and we looked at... Um, the vision of the organization, we looked at the products and the services, we looked at kind of everything in terms of what would be different if we really wanted life on the planet to thrive. And we infused it with improv mindset. So that was my secret way to teach a bunch of people improv. So, <laughs> Awesome. What a, what a technique. What a technique. I love the, the piratey adventure. That sounds, you know, so... Uh... Uh, so funky. I think funky is the word that you sort of, it's so disruptive. You, you walk yeah. into a, into an environment and, and, and to yeah, bring that playfulness in. That sounds really, really exciting. You, you mentioned uh, just now uh, biomimicry. Uh, could you say a little bit more about biomimicry and, and how sort of finding solutions in nature yeah. or solutions from nature and, and translating them into the real world? Can you think of any examples that you've, you've been working sure. with? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so there's, there's, um, I mean, one, one clear one is, um, when was it in the nineties, the six Sigma, uh, they're like, let's strip everything down to the most efficient, according to machine machines, not people and kind of like, and let's apply that to people. So let's put this idea of business as machine on an altar effectively through six Sigma. Um, what, people found is like nature has inherent redundancy so that it's more resilient when it has unexpected stuff happening. So even with the pandemic, the pandemic, like so many people are in organizations are doing back to back to back to back meetings and they're not allowing themselves time to replenish, you know, and reflect and giving themselves enough time. So, so it's, one of the things I'm doing is holding those conversations of how can we have a bit more give in our system so it can actually be much more productive. So in terms of biomimicry, um, a lot of people look at it as like stuff. So like, um, you know, a, a, a creature creates a, a shell in sea temperature and like, can we do that? Can we create ceramics in a lower temperature? My interest is how do we how do we look at the processes in the organization and see how like a healthy forest, a healthy system 
works and can we you know be inspired by that for us uh, that's that's really really uh, lovely reflection on on the fact that it's not just yeah the physical stuff mm. you know for me when i think about biomimicry it's it's immediately the the lily pad yeah. lid that i have for the kitchen which is great for keeping a risotto warm or a soup yeah, yeah. Um, but then you know we do spend a lot of time at catalyst adventures trying to create this space where you you do have the time to 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 reflect to learn um and, and give yourself that time to replenish as you as you as you've uh, as you've said so so thanks that's a that's a good one that's a good one to to, to share as well and, and when you were talking about setting the scene for improv i was wondering around psychological safety so for me psychological safety is this sort of important kind of under the thing that's underpinning uh, your your improv i mean is 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 humor or to what extent is humor a way of creating psychological safety and improv of creating that yeah how, how do people react to that and how do you deal with that mm -hmm. um i think they're different slightly different in different ways so um <clears throat> The improv, with the improv, I'm often inviting people to get slightly out of their comfort zone, as you might have experienced, but I'm doing it in a really, I'm, I'm trying to do it in a very loving, genuinely loving way. And, and I'm also responding, I design things so that we start easy and then it gets more complex. Yeah, so that, and, and I'm also, I do have a cunning plan. <laughs> um, and I'm also able at this point to see how the, the group is responding or to see if something comes up within the group and then I can pivot to something that maps right on. And I think that also helps create um, psychological safety. Actually, two days ago, on Monday, I gave a, a course for a consultancy on facilitating safe spaces. And um, uh, there was a guy who, I will give you the link afterwards, but he's not in my head this morning. <laughs> Um, who talked about the four S's of, of uh, psychological safety. And it's, um, you know, like, are you just, are, are you safe to, are, to do kind of the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Can you go, uh, you know, like, who's been in a meeting where like, they don't let you go to the bathroom, <laughs> like it goes way too, like, you read, like, so it's like the basics covered of safety. Security, do you, do you feel safe to be yourself? So can you kind of really share who you are? Um, are you, are you being seen and so do you have a deep empathetic connection um and are you soothed so if something unsettles you is there a space to hold that in a, in a lovely way um and i think those are really nice for the applied improv so the improv skills lets you see if that's happening or not and gives you the confidence to kind of ask you know how are we doing um with the humor it's it's um I, I choose the type of humor very carefully. Um, there's a nice model by a guy named Rod Martin that is, um, uh, I think it's individual group, uh, injurious and benign. And it's like, as long as you're on the benign scale of it, that's when all the beautiful benefits of humor come in. So our immune system is boosted, our heart health is uh, improved. There's more positivity, more energy, and more excitement in conversations, and our memory is improved. Like I can remember lines from sets from the '80s. <laughs> like that's wow. so it's sort of like there's something about humor when it's done in a healing, beautiful way that we can remember. The tricky side is with humor, though. It can also 
have that other injurious side. So if if people are attached to that, or if, or if they're cynical, it's not going to bring the healing that is the potential of it. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. And, and a risk of being a risk of being hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, and, and just what you're saying there around those the, those four S's, and and then go going back into most or many corporate environments. You know, when I when I think back now to to, to being in different corporate environments, it's a uh, hey, let's go into a into a room. Let's all put on masks and let's yeah. all be really serious. Yeah. And and this sense of is there a place for me to be soothed? I mean, yeah. no chance. You know, if you can manage to soothe yourself behind this mask, you know, that's that's your that's your problem or your you're lucky you. But uh, yeah. for everybody else, this is this is hard and this is. This is transformational. So if we if we shift all of this around and then sort of think about the thriving world, thriving organizations, thriving people within those thriving organizations, could you talk us through a little bit about your vision for for this this mm. thriving planet and world that we that we could have? Hmm. Yes, and <laughs> I would like to go back just a little bit because I sure, think sure, the, sure. the pandemic. There's obviously been a lot of heavy things with the pandemic. I think one of the beautiful things is it's it's been so stressful. We've had to drop the masks. I, I, I think two things. It's it's like revealed where there's a lack of dignity in all of our systems, and it's also forced us to drop the masks so that we need to rethink how do we do this in a soothing way. And so many people have Zoom fatigue <laughs> by this point, and it's because we've been kind of driving on and pretending like this isn't happening. And we also tended to not design our Zoom meetings so that we have this like buffer of just connecting as humans. Like I love that for this podcast, we hung out for a little bit <laughs> before it started. And I think that's so important. Um, so, I mean, my, my hope and my vision for the future is just kind of, um, how, can, how can we just amp up the love and healing in every space that we have. And part of it is um, rejigging the systems, the educational systems, the, the government systems. There's a, um, do you ever watch a Broadcasting House, or listen to, sorry, Radio Broadcasting House? Because they've been doing this whole series on how do we bring um, a, a safe space into politics because it's gotten so intense and um, with so much vitriol. And so they're, they're going with a minister who's like gardening in Wales, you know, and, and it's just such a lovely way to connect with people. So there's something about redressing in my dream future is, is creating spaces. So this on fire anger doesn't have as much power. And also that there's, there's less things triggering it in the first place. Um, the same guy who did the four S's um, wrote a blog after that saying, actually, there's, an, there's another S, um, which is sense-making. And um, he referenced a different guy. And I'm so sorry, this morning, I can't remember anybody's names, but I will give you links afterwards so we can uh, fix it. Um, but the, it, it's, it's about one of the things we look to our parents to do is make, help us make sense of the world. And we do that with our attachments. And it's really that whole sense of um, sense-making has been knocked out of whack completely with algorithms on Facebook, with extreme news of every you know flavor and stuff like that. And what happens when we don't feel like we're 
we can trust our authorities is we get belligerent and angry. And I think that's, um, in my book, I went all the way around the world. And in my book, in the beginning of each chapter of the countries, I said, this is the freedom of press index in this country. Um, and I think there's something about being able to bring integrity back into the into the, the canaries in the coal mine that are, are journalists that are going to help catapult this this kind of more healed world. That was a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> I, I really I really enjoyed listening to that. I mean, this this sense of yeah dignity and integrity. I think these are these are absolutely absolutely fundamental. And uh, you know, we're we're talking again about these these core values really that are underpinning humanity yeah. of civilization and 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 then you know, building on those. Yeah. With with the work you're doing to to get towards this thriving planet, this is, mm -hmm. this is something that uh, that we you know we 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 really encourage and support and and, and love. So this is this is wonderful to hear you talking about this, and, and I'm thinking how to relate this now back uh, more again to 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 startup founders. So I think a big a big part of what you said, you know, you talked about this resilience, you know, how how to take knocks and bounce back from that, and using humor and and joy. Uh, in that process, you know, startup founders, you know, every day <laughs> you're getting knocked back. You're 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 banging against walls. You're you're tr you're you know testing with clients. You're trying to build a product. I mean, it's uh, it's a total roller coaster. So yeah. So so I think everything you've been saying, you know, relates to to an entrepreneur and, and to help help them think about how they can they can use that to to, to power up and 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 have a positive impact and. Uh, you know, as you said, it's you know, let's move away from the the the, the injurious, um, and and let's 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 sort of empower these startups to do to 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 have, a, as we say, a triple top line impact. Yeah. So this you know positive impact on people, the planet, and and if it makes money to 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 grow, then 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 that's what we're what we're trying to to unleash, and yeah. and that's really you know clear about how you're doing you're doing that and, and unlocking this creativity and innovation to uh, to to get there um so i'd like to ask her uh, you know in other ways I, I gave the example before about the bank of, of me trying to bring humor into an environment that was not welcome um uh, you know you, you you've talked about this example on facebook i mean the the, the the comments in general on facebook just blow my mind you know how, where do, where do people come from with some of these these examples but tell us i mean the the last time you sort of you you laughed out loud at something you saw around around climate change something that was so absurd or or funny that uh can you think um, of something i mean every time i teach my sustainable stand-up course i sort of fall in love with the course with with people's brains and how they think because that the, um they come up with just from their own unique experience because i'm inviting them um, to really be them and kind of the loving superhero version of them. Um, uh, so they come up with like really beautiful lines. Um, uh, one of the ladies who's just popping in my head and now she's um, a climate designer. And she said, it's not that she's like, you know, geoengineering or something, but she's like helping us to think about disaster re uh, relief and uh, like what do we do for if we need to evacuate and things like that um 
and she she was saying you know like we're all going to be underwater so what she's been doing personally is is going to the local aquarium <laughs> to practice <laughs> but she really? recently got she, she's not but like it, it was lovely that her brain went there as like making it a concrete example of of like this is how i'm practicing <laughs> preparing for being underwater is but they kicked her out in her in her set um so it, it's beautiful to have when people kind of feel f free to bring to really bring themselves and i think it, when you were talking about the entrepreneurs what what makes my heart sink <laughs> when i see entrepreneurs especially doing pitches is when they have no humor and a mask welded onto their face when they're talking. Um, and I've seen that in like smart cities in Berlin and there's a bunch, and, and my heart always goes to the one person who's brave enough to really just be at ease, be themselves, let themselves be seen and to use genuine humor versus um, a technique like, okay, pitches have to look like this. And, you know, like, cause, it, cause we can feel when it's a technique versus, you know, really them. That um, that just popped in my head. So I wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, 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 you know, it's immediately triggered me to think about what. Um, when was the last time that I saw a really funny pitch? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and funny in a sort of a, a genuine wanting to be funny way. So, yeah. uh, but yeah. I'm but I'm struggling to to think of a good example. So uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, that's something we can we can we can take away from this as well and think about how how. Uh, when can we capture that next bit of humor in a startup pitch and really encourage them to amplify yeah. that and, and, and boost it up? What, what are then the challenges that you see with, with the people that you're working with to convert the, the humor that they have in the, in the workshop space into then their daily lives? Yeah. yeah. A lot of them are, are writing their um vlogs and 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 blogs differently they are bringing more lightness and humor into it um they're using it at conferences especially as a way to open because one of the key pieces that tends to be missing is why you you know what i mean like you're talking about this thing but sort of like why are you talking about this thing to help us contextualize and and get excited and feel safe as well that you have a personal uh, connection to it um, so those are some of the things that people are saying you know like that's how they pull it in um, just in their personal life I, I had a lady because once you sort of work this comedy lens um, uh, the good or bad news is you can't shut it off <laughs> like it's going to be there once once you get it and and it really helps with resilience so um, there was a lady who who was talking about feminism and and feminine hygiene products as her set and she's she was quite she's quite an edgy smart lady, and it took a while for her to trust that if you're warm and playful, you can still get these important points across. Um, and the moment she did it, it was just this huge like fantastic transformation. And she um, she was able to take us to a place that was like so delightful. And so if you can, there's something about um, the rule of three, where if um, is we we like information in threes anyway, like that's how we like to process things. But it's also a joke mechanism, so it, you can get the first two serious things across as long as you take us somewhere delightful on the third. And if you do that, we're not stressed because it's not three stressful things. We're, we're 
delighted by the exaggeration. And it means we can process the first two things. So, so you asked me like, what's a funny thing somebody said? There's a fantastic lady named Becky who um, was working for a sustainability festival in the UK. And, and she said, you know, uh, because she works for the festival, people assume that she doesn't eat beef because it's, you know, like um, uh, bad for the environment and because of the cruelty to the animals. And she said, really, it's because she read on Twitter that cows have best friends. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like that's the most delightful reason to give up beef. You know what I mean? And because she said that, she was actually um, more specific in the environmental impact and and the cruelty. So it meant that we could process those two pieces of information, and and we felt safe to reflect on our own personal behavior around that because she took us somewhere delightful. That must have been so rewarding for you to see her make that that yeah. leap and that transition. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a lovely story. Really, really nice. Yeah. Really cool. You, you you've given me a lot of a uh, lot of food for thought on there uh, on on that uh, on that one and that uh, that story and, and even thinking back to you know a presentation and trying to get across three points. Ah, oh, I can think of of one. There's there's a good kind of meme going around at the moment, which is you know every startup pitch deck and they're comparing a Rolex and a and a frog watch. <laughs> you know, tells the time, tick, tick, you know, uh, is expensive, uh, in, inexpensive, the Rolex big cross next to it, the, the frog watch, is a frog, big tick for the frog watch, yeah, this, is, this is it, you know, this is why you've got to buy my product, so that's okay, okay. yeah, that's been, that's been, that's been fun. I, um, I'm thinking, uh, let, let's bring this around a little bit more to, to triple top line. I think it's natural, but let's let's sort of take the risk of uh, of, of, of repeating it and, and summarizing it. But, you know, when we talk about triple top line, we're, we're talking about this positive impact on, on people, planet and profit. You know, I think it's very clear from everything you've been talking about that, that the work that you're doing is is done in a genuine loving way with the vision, this why of, of, of creating um, a thriving, a thriving world, and that you're doing this. Your, your kind of your Simon Sinek's what of, of removing masks through, through workshops, through empowering people, through giving them that that safety in that space to really make these uh, innovations. This, this unleashing this creativity and being being happier people with it. And you know, this is such a clear impact on the on the human side, on the people side. Uh, it, it's really clear that you know, with through these innovations and this creativity, they can build products and services, uh, and 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 support support society and, and businesses and organisations. Um, you know, as you said, the 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 planet part is really taken care of because it's it, it's really thought through the this this whole this whole process. The the you know how can you how can you have a, a, a sort of a healing planet if you're if you're creating goods and services that are not not healing yeah. the planet that, yeah. that's totally true and then you know these are ultimately profit-making businesses not charities and and this is this is a way of being economically self-sufficient and this is what we're what we're looking for so so i'm just sort of just trying to thread all these bits and pieces together and and, and bring that back into the the concept of the of the triple top line and uh yeah the, this has been uh been a been a joy to, to talk to you um, I had a I had a, a sort of a mental KPI to myself uh, before we started, and that was, you know, at, at the end of the, at the the time of talking together, I want to have a, a stretched face, <laughs> and and I was looking forward to, to 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 having that stretched face. So maybe just as a, 
yeah, as a as a as a closing thought, um, you know, something that that's either stood up from the discussion for you or something that you're looking forward to for yourself in your own world in the in the in the coming in the coming time period. Yeah, lovely. I mean, this has been a beautiful interview. Thank you so much. It's been a real, it's been a real delight to connect with you around the need for healing and compassion, because um, it still feels oddly edgy to talk about in in these times. So it was, it's really nice to be in a space where it's like, yeah, actually, this is what it's about <laughs> at this point, you know. So, so that that, um, so thank you so much for that. Um, I'm about to uh, go to uh, fly <laughs> to San Francisco to work with these beautiful, this year's uh, group of scientists. There are um, 13 teams uh, this year um, and I, it's, it's growing every year. And it, it's so exciting because they're really deep in it. They're, they're working off the back of like the magic things that the guys did last year. Um, it, the men and women and people did last year. And each year it's like, how do we do this even better and even better? So I'm really excited to bring improvisation to that space, uh, especially into the heart of Silicon Valley. Cause I think as, as you know, like um, there's some beautiful people there and there's some very um, well-crafted masks there so this feels like a healing technology to bring into that space as as well so um yeah those are some things coming up <laughs> i mean i mean I'm, I'm excited for you and and I, I think also i have this feeling of gratitude that mm -hmm. you're able to bring into these environments you know these these environments as you said in silicon valley you are they, these are the environments that are creating this next generation of world changing products and services yeah and you know you, you actually, you know, I don't, this is, uh, I don't want this to feel like pressure, but this is so, this suddenly feels so important coming from the inside that, you know, that it's a really big role to play to, to, to help them remove those masks, to bring joy and humor into that. And, you know, humanity as a whole, we can, we can benefit from doing this. So, so this is uh, an, an exciting mission you're on for sure. <laughs> really for sure. Thank you. So, so maybe let's, let's wrap up um, with, a, with the, the theme of the book, um so so you know which book would you would you like to give as a as a gift um you know perhaps you'd like to talk about your own book um but but just as a sort I of mean, closing note let's finish on a on a, sure. on a high with a, a good good reading recommendation for our audience yeah lovely i mean i like my book <laughs> no but it's it's um um one of the ones, so check it out. At the end, it has uh, some activities, which you can run, and it talks about how to intro and debrief, but it's really about my journey of, of it was my master class of applied improv, of uh, like improvising my life as I went around to 12 different countries in three and a half months. Um, uh, I think the book, so that's an ebook. If you want to have a book in your hot little hands, as it were, because um, I really like the feel of, of books, um, Rudger Bregman's Humankind, I think, is just a, such a beautiful a book. Um, and it, it, it goes against a lot of the, um, the things that we're told about, like the pessimistic you know, humanity is, you know, we're just, you, it, it, we're, we're supposed to all be doomed because we're inherently evil and all that stuff. This really flips it on its head and gives specific examples. And, and I think that's quite healing at this, at this point. Um, 
fully, fully, fully agree. I, I read it recently. Um, I, I have to say that uh, the timing was kind of strange because I read it and finished it and was, was sort of overflowing with excitement and positivity. Yeah. And then Russia invaded Ukraine and the war started yeah. and then it sort of all uh, sort of shattered. Yeah. But uh, but over, you know, this sort of resilience has been coming back and this, this sort of mindset has been coming back as a result of that. And I think it's, uh, it's probably a very good book to even read a second time as well. Yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll be able to put in uh, the link to, to your book as well on the um, on the uh, thread uh, when we when we publish. Beautiful. Uh, so so thanks for thanks for sharing more around that. And uh, I love the just the humor in the title. So that's uh, that's already already cool. <laughs> I'm very so modest. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to share it this is again genuine sharing love so this is yeah. wonderful to, to do this and uh, you know I think a lot of people have a lot of this stored up inside them and they're afraid to share it and you know you're, you're, you're obviously brave and, co- and courageous to, for doing this so this is yeah, really really admirable here's what I love is that between us we're giving everyone permission so if you're listening now you have permission to bring love uh, compassion to your work yeah 100% 100% what a, what a beautiful finishing note. So, Felina Rafi from Mafic, thank you very much for, for joining us on the, on the Triple Top Line podcast. It's been a huge pleasure. And I look forward to, to sharing some smiles and laughs with you again in the not too distant future. Me too. Thank you so much, Alex. The future is Triple Top Line.